We talk about life and business and how they daily intersect. I'm your host, Laura Doughty. Let's get to some real talk. Welcome back to part two of my conversation with the amazing Rita Catalino. If you haven't listened to part one, please go back to episode 11 and you will find lots of fantastic information there. And just as a quick reintroduction to this wonderful lady that you're getting ready to hear the rest of her story. Again, her name is Rita Catalino. You can find her at ritacatalino.com as well as at Rita Catalino on Instagram. She is a mom of two, a toddler and a teen. She is a seven time international fitness magazine model. She's also an international bikini model who after hanging up her heels moved on to collaborating with amazing women, creating programs such as 12-week transformation program, her famous four weeks to fab program, and is also one of the top ranking Canadians in her international wellness company that I am a partner with her in, in Isagenix. And last but not least, which is what we'll hear more about today, is her book collaboration. And I will let her tell you more about that. So let's not waste another minute. So let's move into that mountaintop part Mm -hmm. of the process of Gabriel. How did you approach a positive solution with your health and the blessing of your son emotionally and spiritually? Because you made a decision because of everything that you were dealing with. And then, because I can remember when you announced it, I was just like, and I already knew anyway. (laughs) I remember it was like, yes. So I've always had this, when, when we were growing up, my, my Nona, my grandmother, my Nona was very into like the Ouija board and really into, and this is such an aside, I'm kind of going back along, but it, it will make sense. It'll come yep. together. But, um, and I, we always thought, my sister and I thought we were witches and like, we've always had this weird cause we're so Italian and so Roman Catholic and it's so, but at the same time, our family has this big piece of like crystals and Ouija boards and all this stuff. So it's like, kind of weird but anyway uh, please please don't judge I don't know what it is gonna judge a lot of Italians a lot of Italians are like that though like my my Nona the my other Nona my dad's mom when I would go to the hometown in Italy up in the mountains because I'm blonde and don't look Italian you know everybody would come up to me and like pet my hair and say how beautiful I was and my Nona would would like do the evil eye and she'd say (laughs) you wouldn't let me leave the house without three safety pins on the inside of my shirt because they protected me from everybody's evil eyes because you can't give somebody a compliment without giving them a you know something bad at the same time according to them anyway but at the same time I've kind of as an adult and I think as a as a child and as a teenager I really leaned into all of that and as an adult I kind of strayed away from it all and so it's very popular now trendy whatever you want to call it to really kind of get into your you know envisioning things and talking to the moon and burning sage and doing all those things. And so I kind of started coming back. Some friends had said, the reason you're not having a baby is because you, you, you think that physically you don't have a period. You'll never get it back. It's been nine years. And so you physically have set up this kind of like barrier between you and infertility. So I had this like physical barrier and mental block about getting pregnant. A, I never got a period in nine or 10 years. How am I going to get pregnant? And we tried for nine or 10 years, never got pregnant. Long story short, we ended up seeing a fertility doctor. She sent me all the drugs and I said, I don't want to do this. I threw them in the garbage. It was just this big thing. Okay, this is going on and on and on. I started upping my calories, using isogenics, cleansing every week, 
lowering my weights, only doing yoga. I incorporated yoga in my life. So I did a lot of stuff physically. Uh, my body fat percent went up. My body was in a less stressed state, a hundred percent. Dario would take me on trips to Barcelona or San Sebastian or wherever my heart desired. He, he was at my every beck and call and slowly things started to happen. And yes, I got my first menstruation. Sorry to all the men listening, but um, that's it's part funny. of life. Yeah. Um, and it happened. I was like, oh my God. And when that happened, I thought, well, maybe I can have a baby. Like the first thing I thought, right, was maybe <laughs> I can have a baby. And we were in Arizona and we were leaving in Sedona where the vortexes are and this guy read some weird board and we had bought a sound bowl. And so I was starting to get back into this and I started saying, well, maybe there is something to be said about really just being open to having a baby, right? And so I started envisioning this baby. I started having dreams of babies. We were leaving the airport in Arizona and at the shop, I picked up this little coin in a basket of coins and it was a fertility kind of, it said fertility and so I just started believing that it could happen. And we got pregnant on our own, actually, within the first three months of, wow. of me receiving my first menstruation after 10 years. And it was, I mean, I call it my miracle baby because it is. I never thought we could again. And um, at 40, things are a little tougher and Daddy was almost 50. But um, so I think it was a combination of getting the food back on, lowering stress, actually not working out to the extreme, which is the beginning of my whole journey was not working out and lifting weights, but I had to take a step back from that. It was hard because my identification was so wrapped up in being this fitness queen that it was hard for me to take a step back from that, but I had to in order to regain my life in other areas. And so it was the food, it was that, and it was the actual belief in myself that I could get pregnant. And it was the daily envisioning. And it was, you know, I never came out and had a mantra, oh, I will have a baby. But it was this vision every day of this baby and this this true ability of my body to be able to birth birth another baby. And I think our bodies are capable of so much. And I'm not saying that, that, you know, anybody who's suffering right now fertility, if that's you listening, I'm not saying that all of a sudden you're going to get pregnant if you envision yourself pregnant. I know that there's so many people who have real actual problems with their reproductive system or with their, you know, husband or donor spouse's sperm or whatever it may be. But a lot of times it does chalk up to stress. I mean, I've heard so many stories of, you know, infertility being just caused by stress, which I think is the killer of the 21st century. So it's a whole other podcast. Well, and it goes back to the gut biome too, because your mm-hmm. h- hormones are balanced through your, your gut. Your gut. So it's mm-hmm. in, in your biome is balanced by what you eat. So yeah, trying to minimize anything that anybody's going through, but there are some basic things that not necessarily always Western medicine is going to be pointing you to. So as you said, I mean, yeah, can you go and (laughs) as a Rita would want to do, let's take care of this right now and let's take the injections Mm -hmm. and things like that. And and that is a way for whoever, but for you, because I'm sure it was a struggle having the, the gut issues and being you know, at the top of the game in the wellness industry. So that juxtaposition between those two worlds. And I appreciate you sharing because I really feel like it's important for everybody to know that here you are in the top rankings of the company and yet you've got this massive weight on your heart of something that, you know, hasn't come to fruition and Mm -hmm. and how even incorporating part of what you were doing helped you to get to your Mm -hmm your little gab, Mm -hmm. your baby G. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The best thing ever. 
He is so cute. And just, the, I mean, the three, between three and like five and six, I mean, kids are just, I mean, not that he's not now, I'm just saying, but the more he talks and like, oh my God. Yeah. And those rocks wait. in your front yard, you're hilarious. <laughs> your OCD, no, put it back. <laughs> I try to let go, but it's I know, just, it's no. so fun to watch. So fun. Yeah. All right. So now let's get to that whole like, yay, we're to the mountaintop, the book. So that's just so awesome. How did all of that come to fruition? Literally, so here you've been talking about, like you just started really focusing on Baby G. Did you have a vision board? Like, like kind of share some of the steps that you went through that may resonate for other people that are like, I want a book. You know what? This book was offered to me about six years ago. And I wow. said no. And I said no. And the timing wasn't right. And I didn't want to write a book at that time. It wasn't. So it's funny. It's like, I know for some people, it's like, it, it has not been my lifelong dream. I almost have written three books in my oh life. Oh my gosh. So far. They would be I know. amazing. Yeah. So no, it's just, it wasn't, the timing wasn't right. And the timing was so right this time. And the person that I'm writing with is a longtime client of mine. She found me over six years ago. We've been working together six years. I'm actually working on a current plan of hers right now. And she is the most amazing woman, but she has a science background. So everything I sent her and she found me at a time in her life where she just felt she had lower back pain and she was inflamed and bloated and all of the stuff. And within one to two months of three months of working with me, she said I changed her life, but she wanted to know the science behind it because that's her background. So she did all this, this research and and that's when she said, let's write a book together. And I said, no, you know, I'm just, I, I had everything everywhere. I had so many baskets and so many eggs in them that I just couldn't. And I, if I'm not going to do something right, I'm not going to do it. So she went on to write her own book called The Health Revolution in Sweden, the number one selling book in Sweden. And so she went on to write another called Awe. Then she went on to write another two books. And she is just like, she's like the Oprah Winfrey of Sweden, literally. She's amazing in so That's many awesome. ways. She just launched a podcast, went number one in the first day. So first of all, I, before all of this started happening, I started getting this feeling of like, maybe I, maybe I should write this book. You know, it would be like a legacy thing, like just leaving something behind. And it came up that she was also, you know, let's, let's do this collaborative book. Let's do this. And we started talking over a year ago and everything kind of lined up with this amazing Boniers is the number one publisher over there in Sweden. They're the ones who do the Nobel peace prize and everything like that. They're very, amazing. very, very professional. And so, yeah, I signed our book deal uh, during COVID was not allowed to talk about it until about a week ago. I think I announced the news because it was hush hush, but it's amazing. We've, we've already, you know, I've already started. I woke up yesterday morning. I wrote a okay. bunch of stuff. <laughs> You're like, Okay, let's get this done. Yeah, so I'm super excited about that. And hopefully, and it'll be just in Swedish um, at the beginning, but we hopefully will more news about that in, in English markets. I'm super excited about it. Yeah, and it's, it's just really cool to be able to collaborate with a woman that I love has become one of my dearest friends and to be able to share what I love. And, and writing about your passion and something you love and something that you live day in and day out is not hard. You right. know, if, if they asked me to write about, you know, motorcycles, then it, it wouldn't be as fun. <laughs> right. Gabriel could. Yes, yeah, for Gabriel sure. Could. Not me. But, all right. Once the book is done and you've got, your life is so full and her daughter is, th she's 13, right? Mm -hmm. Crazy. She's so beautiful. Thank you. And just the most beautiful heart. So you've got this like a beautiful bounty around you. As I said in the beginning, here we are at the top of the mountain 
And now you see what else is ahead. So what does that look like for you? I love that because, you know, some people think you get to the top of the mountain and then that's it, right? Mm -hmm. Or you go down or you go down to the other side. (laughs) (laughs) But I always just see, you know, like imagine in, you know, Arizona and Sedona, where you see other peaks bigger and you see other mountains to climb. And it's obviously not just smooth sailing from here. It's down another mountain, down another and up another and down another and larger and smaller mountains. And that's just life. I, you know, I've had so many things thrown at me in the past few years and, you know, including a cancer um, diagnosis last, this this month, last year, um, and going through two, three months of the unknown and what ifs and surgery. And then my son was hospitalized and then I just had emergency appendicitis, you know, six, seven weeks ago. And you never know what life throws at you, but I must say it's, I still look back at each one of these things, whether it was the melanoma or the infertility or a whole other story about, you know, some fraudulent activity with, with a house of ours in Spain. Uh, I'm not going to get into, but all of these things that kind of compound, but I still look at my life as so amazing and so abundant and so beautiful because I choose to focus on those positive things. We all have negative things, some people worse than others, but my husband always says, what doesn't, what doesn't kill you will set, will give you a lesson. It sounds better in Spanish, but, and it's true. I just feel like it's, I don't live through rose colored glasses, but I do. So I am the optimist realist. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I know life is, is what it is, but I still choose to put on those glasses. And as many times as somebody hurts me, as many times as life throws me a rock or whatever it is, I'll still have a smile on my face. It doesn't, it's all good. It's all good. The bottom line is, is you just keep it moving. So you don't stagnate and, and ruminate over. And I'm, I, I use the saying all the time, don't cry over spilled milk and just clean it up and, and pour another glass. So, so thank you so much. I always end my podcast with a little this or that. So phone call or text? Text. Cardio or weights? Weights. Toilet paper over or under? (laughs) (laughs) The wiping or the folding? (laughs) No, do you hang it in there over or get it over? Okay. Money or free time? Oh, both. (laughs) See, I say money because money buys free time. Yeah. I think I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Cool. Well, thank you. Thank you. From California to Canada, you're amazing. You you can follow her at ritacatalino.com. Find out all of her four weeks to fab, all of her famous, awesome programs that she offers, as well as more information about Isogenics. And you also know that you can find more information about my programs for Isogenics at lardowdy.com forward slash favorite products. Her Instagram is the same as her name, Rita Catalino. So thank you so much. Beautiful, beautiful woman. Thank you. You're a blessing to so many. And thank you so much. Blessed all of the people listening. Mwah. Thank you for having me, Laura. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Experiment Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Laura Dowdy underscore L E for Live Excellent. Go make a difference, y'all. The world needs you.